0: school already, or you're just planning ahead, there's a lot to think about when it comes to homeschooling teens, and we're here to break it all down so you don't have to stress and can enjoy those last few years of your children's childhood. I'm Sunny, Sunlight's community manager and also a Sunlight mom of two children. My oldest is about to enter high school, and so I'm just starting out this high school journey, but I am being joined by Jonna and Lisa, who have already graduated kids, so let's find out a little bit more about them. Jonna, you want to go first? Hi,
1: my name is Jonna Lawrence. I am a sunlight mom of four. All four have graduated using sunlight. I have three that went off to college. One was slow starting college, but has graduated, two went straight into state college and the fourth one is not college bound yet. So we're letting him explore his options before going to college.
0: Well, thank you for being here, Jana. Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? Hi, I'm
2: Lisa. I have three children. I homeschooled two exclusively with Sunlight all the way through graduation. So I have graduated them; those two. Uh, one is married and about to have a baby, and the second is finishing her freshman
0: year of college. Well, thank you both for joining me. Let's get started talking about high school. When is a good time to start thinking about high school for your students?
1: Before you get there. Um, I always tell mom, somewhere about seventh, eighth grade, you need to be planning out what you're going to do in high school. So you know, you, ha- you have an outline, not a set plan, but an outline for high school.
2: My girls and I, I took each one sometime between eighth and ninth grade that summer away for the night um, to plan, talk about what their hopes and dreams for the future were. um, We brought the computer, we brought the sunlight catalog. um, We looked at the uh, local school board uh, requirements for graduating to see what their friends were gonna be doing. And we made a little plan um, in pencil and we didn't follow it exactly, but we did kind of talk about what was interesting to them and what they would like to study and what I felt was necessary and what the state felt was necessary and we made plan from there but so I agree with John in seventh or eighth grade you definitely need to know before you start school in the ninth grade.
1: The only thing to add there are some states not all states that may allow you a high school course taken in eighth grade to count towards your high school credit. so that's kind of why I start seventh grade. So, if they were taking algebra in eighth grade because they're just excellent
0: students, then it counts towards high school credit. Yeah, so you t- both touched on kind of those credits and requirements. How do you determine what those requirements are? That, you know, if you've always homeschooled, you haven't had your kids in school, how do you figure out what those requirements are to graduate or figure out what courses your kids need to take?
1: Um, There's a couple of places. Most every state has a state organization that will post what's required for their graduation in that state. Um, Some states don't require any set, like they have to have four histories and they have to be these histories. They might just say four history credits or three history credits. HSLDA is another one that has every state in there, which is an excellent tool if you're switching states or you're just looking around Um, You can see how you compare to other states. Our state, I live in the south, and um, we have cover schools that are Christians. They're um, church cover schools, so they govern kind of a little different, and each cover school has the recommendation. So we just follow those guidelines.
2: So I live in Florida, which doesn't have a lot of homeschool regulation law. So I didn't really have legally to follow something. But since I was preparing my children to go to college, I wanted to make sure that they had what their public school peers would have. So like I said, we did research on our local board of education website, our state website to see what a common course of study was for high school. And we did not do every single thing that they did, and and even, for instance, there's a health class that is required if you get a public school high school diploma. So I did a health class, but I did it from a different different perspective than the public school. So while they have health on their transcript, it's not the same class that their peers took, but it is health. So um, we did try to emulate a typical course of study using the resources that we felt was the best.
1: Right. So we also, I mean, like we'll look at our state, our local school requirements. Here's an example, their US history, they do across two years. And they say it's the 1860s, is first year, and then from 1860s to present day is the second year. We in Sunlight cover all of that in 100. So I knew that if I chose to take 100 across two years, I could count it as two years of credit, or I could do it as one year, allowing me to do more for my child, preparing them for college and beyond.
0: Perfect, yeah, so you talked about, yeah, history there, Jana, and yeah, we've got, of course, the core academic subjects, you know, the math and history and science and those types of things. When it comes to electives, though, how do you figure that out? Um, because, of course, high schoolers do take electives as well. And then what if you as the parent are not really equipped to teach that? Or, Lisa, you mentioned something in a different health course, you know, how do you kind of figure out those types of things as well? We aim to have
2: two electives per year of high school, Um, we hoped to have one fine arts each year and one other elective. Um, Sunlight provides one Bible, I showed four years of Bible on each of my girls transcripts under electives because they get a lot of Bible through sunlight. I also, um, because we did all the mapping assignments all four years, I did show one credit of geography under electives because when I looked back at how much mapping they did over the course of four years, it was a lot. Um, So that took care of some. And then I looked for things that we were already doing, investing our time in, and then looked to see what I could add to that to make it school worthy. For instance, my girls were, uh, they played competitive soccer and they were referees. So they had been in class to learn referees. They had to recertify every year. So they were having to retake the test Um, and they were putting in time on the field as a referee. So we showed uh, PE, and I didn't feel like we were skimping out on anything because they were definitely um, putting the time in, you know, they were between soccer practice, soccer games, refereeing, time in the gym that was required by their coach, you know, they were, they were definitely getting 180 hours of physical activity each year. So looking for things that you're already doing, if you live on a farm um, or have large animals, Incorporate that into your electives, or if you have one that loves working around the house, put them in charge of meal planning for nine weeks and call that a, a quarter credit in home ec, or you know. So I think that's always the best place to start. Is what is with what you're already doing, and maybe you just have to add some kind of written report or extra learning or research on a particular thing. Um, Act, have them make a budget, have them shop, have them compile their recipes. All of a sudden, you've gone from just helping out with dinner to something that you can show on your transcript. So
1: another place, um, if you have co-ops in your area, they might have electives that your student can take. Um, ours took the Spanish, because we had a lady local that was from Guatemala, and she both Spanish and my girls and um, yeah and Connor all took Spanish from her he also took Japanese online because he wanted nothing to do with Spanish at that point Um, we also there's community colleges a lot of times they'll let them take a, a class that they can dual enroll and it's an elective even though you know you want them to take English 101 Maybe they want to be a welder. They can take the first welding class and count that as an elective. Um, if you have an artist, a local artist, maybe they can take art lessons from somebody that's just, even someone down the street that you know that their hobby is art. My kids took lessons from my mother. When they were the first two We lived beside her, she could give them art lessons every couple times a week. And they did drawing. They did the oils, the pastels. And we documented and we have all their artwork as a portfolio. Um, local businesses may take you in as an um, internship and that would count as a, an elective as well. They job share, job co oping internship that you can write up what they learned, how to run that business, do's and don'ts, and that kind of stuff, just job skills. And like Lisa said, working on the farm, I know of one family that their child um, they show steer. And so she writes a report on the different breeds of the steer, how to medicate them, what is being looked for, how to know a good breed versus a weak breed. You know, they do all the work. And so that's definitely an elective as well in agriculture.
0: Yeah, so many great ideas that you guys gave. How do you go about actually recording that then in a transcript You know, so that your kids have that record of everything that they've done?
1: So to get a high school credit, if I remember right, is 150 hours worth of work for that credit. And so like the, the one with the steer, I asked them, they journal what they've done each day with the steer. And they, they graph, you know, how much the feed's going in. They document it. They have then a report at the end of each quarter. And then she really probably puts in two, 300 hours worth for her 150 hours. But Yeah they, it's a lot of documenting of what you did. If you're getting very creative, you want to write reports. You want to show evidence of learning the topic and not just, I made meals for dinner, but I also, I created a budget. Here was our budget. Here's what we did every month. Where's where we went over, where we saw sales. Um, there's just, you want your kids to show the work. You want them to be the adults and so you're trying to make them independent learners and
2: independent workers, so. I think just keeping track of what you've done, um, having some written samples, if you if you went that route or pictures of something that they've made. um, But in Florida, you're your own school administrator, so if, if you say that this body of work constitutes a credit and this body of work constitutes a credit and and with my kids i have the proof but no one ever asked me for the proof um you know their sat scores bore out their transcript grades and then their work also that they've done in college so i have not been asked to provide a uh, proof of anything that i did but i do have the proof. I have my instructor's guides. I have the maps that they drew. I have records of when they certified to get referee or whatnot, but no one has ever asked me for that. And they both were accepted into college. So I think you're probably okay as long as you are um, following your
0: state guidelines.
2: That's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's reassuring for people that I think it just seems so intimidating and, oh, the college isn't gonna accept my child's transcript or, oh, you know, somebody's gonna show up and and want this proof, you know, that they learned these things and did all of that. I love what you mentioned about the SAT scores too, that that justifies any grades on the transcript, you know, once your child takes that test and does as well or better than their school educated peers. So that's something important to remember as well. Now, what about somebody who's behind um, and they realize they don't have the credits that they need to graduate on time? Is there a way to kind of accelerate that process or does it delay graduation? I mean, what do you do in that type of situation?
2: I think you can do either one. I think if your student is motivated and wants to accelerate Um, There, you know, there's nothing that says you can't cover two histories in a year or two levels of math or whatever the case may be. But if your student's not motivated um, or that just doesn't fit into your lifestyle, there's nothing wrong with delaying graduation by six months or a year. I mean, look at our college system. Gone are the days that people enter as a freshman and exactly four years later, they walk across the stage with their diploma there that just rarely happens anymore. And if your goal is to educate your child and to make sure that they've learned what they need. If it takes six months longer, if it takes 12 months longer, don't lose sight of the goal. The goal is not the diploma. The goal is the education and, if, and it takes as long as it takes. So um, I. I firmly believe we need to de-stigmatize the, the whole situation. I, I just think that that we put so much pressure and we have to remember these are still children. You know, they're bigger than us, they look like grown-ups, but they are actually still children and <laughs> we don't have to force them to not be a child when,
1: when that's what they're doing. Right. Um- I know of families that the the kids life happens, things happen in the year you miss out on getting school done in that year, and so that puts you behind in your thoughts. You're not always behind. Um, you just had to you had to do life, and so you give yourself grace on that. Um, your child still wants to graduate in their four years, but here's a great time of teaching your child too that life happens and it's okay. Just because the stigmatism is four years you should be done doesn't mean that's always the best route for you. Um, you can, like Lisa said, you can double up on some things, but you can't double up on um, math. You can on some areas, but really you do one after the other. And you can't double up really on your uh, English because you're building on each one. But history, you could double up on. And science is hard to double, but you could double, and there's always summer, you can work through your summer, but you just have to, you have to knock off those credits the best way you can.
0: Yeah, I love what you both said too about, you know, they are still children, life still happens, I think sometimes to a teenager, it's like, I want to hurry up and get out on my own and do my own thing. And, (laughs) you know, they're ready to graduate. But that's a great point that when you're homeschooling, you are more flexible as far as doing school in the summer, if you need to catch up or things like that. Let's talk a little bit about that student accountability and kind of releasing some of your teaching responsibilities as those kids get older as well. Of course, sunlight designed to be used independently with high school students um, and you are trying to you know help, help them leave the nest with those skills developed so how do you kind of go through that over the course of you know a ninth grader is very different than a high school senior so how do you develop that?
1: So with Sunlight when we were in 100 the first level as freshmen I would let them guide go through the guide on their own but I met with them two three times a week to make sure that they were keeping up um, as they get to the end, we are just now finishing up our senior year with my youngest. It's a once a week check-in. Did you get it all done? Let me see. Let's have our discussion questions. And he's on his own. Um, and that was, but it's taken four years to get to that point. It didn't happen overnight. And including his tenth grade year, he came back and asked if I would do his readers, some of his readers as read alouds again. And I jumped on the chance and we did read aloud because I enjoyed that time. So there's nothing wrong with reading aloud to your high schoolers, especially if they still want you to, um, but it is a chance to start giving them the reins and letting them time management skills develop. So.
2: And that was key for us as we went through the high school years, both of my girls were playing on two competitive soccer teams at the same time, so they were practicing four or five hours a day, and they weren't always ready to do school at 8 a.m. like we had always done, and so we did talk about, you know, that's fine, you can do school after soccer practice, because, you know, they were amped up and ready to go, Um, but they did have the expectation of us meeting together on Wednesday, and you needed to be done with days one through three. And if they had stayed up all night and done it, well, consequence for not managing your time because that's college, you know. um, My daughter and her friend were here the other night until about three o'clock in the morning because a big paper was due and one of them, who shall remain nameless, didn't do it until right then. And, you know, that's sometimes what you got to do. And so I would much rather have my children manage their time and fail in my home than in college um, when, when I can't help them. You know, in homeschool, if you mess up, we can work out a plan. Maybe you lose your privileges for the weekend. Maybe you have to do your work, but it's not, doesn't change your grade. In college, if you're late, yeah, well, <laughs> It does change your grade, so I would much rather um, work them into managing their own time in my own home than wait till they get to college and then no, you know if I've micromanaged them from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. and they get to college and they're like, Whoa, I have
0: all this time and they they don't know they don't know what to do." Yeah, so true. And we talked about starting thinking about um, high school and your plans in seventh or eighth grade. And I know my daughter, who's in that age group, when I ask her, what do you want to be when you grow up, or what do you want to do? You know, what would you like to major in in college, or, you know, do you want to go a different route? She kind of looks at me like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and so how do you help your child kind of hone in on their interests and what their future goals are, whether that be college or going straight into career or even a career that needs a degree, you know, figuring out what they need to major in to do all of that, when a lot of times in middle school, they they don't really know what they want to be when they grow up. But
1: Sunlight actually has an elective course called... Um... College and Career Prep, that it was an excellent tool for us to go through. It helps them think through how to study for when to apply for schools, when to be applying for scholarships, what tests to take about their interests, and just how to pursue different avenues to help figure out what they want. So my youngest, he's like, I, I know college is not for me this year, maybe in the future, but not for a year or two. And I, I agree with him. My oldest did the same thing. He started college and said, no, not for me, but then went back and finished. So we did not do a college prep with him. And this one, he's already recognizing, I'm not going to waste money. I'm going to take a couple of years. And so he's working. He knows what he wants to do. He has a plan for the next year of how to get to where he wants in the next year. So but that was a great tool for us. Another thing is if your student does know what they want, let's say they do want to be a nurse or they think they want to be a nurse or a doctor, see if they can job shadow and experience a day in the field to see if that's really something they want to do.
2: And I think that's a great idea. Both of my girls did that. Um, We were just fortunate that we had family friends in two jobs that they were interested in and Um, My older daughter was like, yeah, that was nothing like I thought it would be. And she said, and she had already done all the prereqs. Like she had dual enrolled in 11th and 12th grade and was ready to apply. And she had to, she signed up for an intern and she worked like 40 hours. She was like, "Mm, yeah, that is not what I want to do. So (laughs) better to know that when, when you haven't invested a lot of time and money, then, uh, afterward. And then, um, Rebecca did that as well. And she said, well, maybe I'd go back and learn about that, but that is not what she's going to school for now. So probably, I guess good, <laughs> but better to find out sooner than later that that's not what you want. But I think if your child doesn't know what they want to do, or doesn't really have any kind of thoughts on that, um, especially in ninth grade. I mean, a ninth grade year is pretty, pretty standard. And I think you should school as if they were going to college, even if they are saying they're not going to college, because then you're going to end up like you were talking about, Sunny, just behind. And then you have to delay. And when you're a teenager, a delay that you were not prepared for is just bone crushing. So especially in ninth grade, I think just a standard course and keep those lines of communication open, keep exposing them, take some of those assessment tests like the Sunlight um, elective course. And there are others online I've done with some other students that are pretty insightful. And sometimes I think they just don't have the knowledge base. You know, they might be interested in something, but they they don't have the the knowledge that, how can I make that a job? So I think that's part of our role as guidance counselor that we move to um, is helping them figure out, these are my passions. How can I turn that into earning an income and
0: supporting myself and my family? Yeah, I love that. And we did talk about kids that don't wanna pursue college or at least not yet. Um, So Lisa, you mentioned planning, like you may go to college at some point. Um, what are some things like that, that you need to be really aware of? I mean, if a child, especially is like, no, I'm not going to do this now. That's not a good fit for me. You know, or I don't know what I want to do. You know, what what should you do as the guidance counselor to kind of keep all of their options open? So they do have a choice when it comes to that time.
2: Well, I, um, I, my oldest daughter did not she did dual enrollment and then did not when she graduated did not go to college she went to a bible school Um, but we continued on with the credits and we did some extra electives um, that kind of helped her figure out where her passions were so i think there are some lower academic classes but still academic Um, You might, instead of doing physics, maybe you do marine biology, you know, it's still science and you're still learning, but it's probably not as difficult as physics or instead of um, pre-calculus, you take stewardship math and learn how to run your home. You're still doing academics, but you are not on that, you know, super duper honors, all that track. Um, but I, I think kids that want to go to college whenever it is, just like John done, it there it's much better when they go when they're ready than if you're pushing them to go. But um, I do think there's ways that you can prepare them and, and not stress them out with, you know, you have to be taking 14 honors classes this semester because <laughs> that's what college bound kids do.
1: Every kid can be college bound. You just need to talk with your student and tell them, you know, you may not see college in your future in the next five years, but maybe when you're 28, 29, and you've worked and you've decided you want the next phase in life and you've saved up to pay for college, then you would be ready to go. And you're still going to have to, at that point, retake the ACT and the SAT, but you will have a good basis to prepare yourself for college at that point. And if nothing else, doing all the math and all the history is gonna help you just be a very functioning adult. So.
0: Well, perfect. Um, I know the high school years are so intimidating for people and you know they, they worry about it so much. Um, but what did you find was actually your favorite thing about homeschooling high schoolers that maybe you didn't expect or it was a, a joy that you, you know, weren't anticipating with homeschooling your high schoolers.
1: I enjoy the relationship with my kids. I mean, sometimes you feel like you butt heads with your kids, but at the end of the year, at the end of their school, they tend to say, thank you, mom, for doing all the things, or you have a relationship with them that they call you and say, do you remember when we read such and such in world history? I just was talking to so-and-so and they never heard of that you're like their buddy and um, not that as a parent I want to be their buddy but it is nice to have a friendship as still their parent that we share things together.
2: I think one of the things that surprised me the most is through the discussion especially of the really hard topics because you know, the gloves are really off in high school history and, and literature, you know, you're reading some pretty challenging things and to see the people that my kids were growing into and to hear their thoughts and analysis and take on, on those kinds of things was really so cool. Um, you know, just, just getting to know them as a person, not as their mom, like Jana said, and not that I don't want to be the mom, um, but to to learn their personality and how they're ev- evolving into this functioning adult human um, is is really so cool. And I think people that don't have the homeschool experience, I'm not saying they can't have that because I I know that they can, but I think it's so much harder when you're not interacting and um, talking on a daily basis or whatever, over, over things. And, and I found as I met with them that we didn't always just talk about school. You know, it was a time that we were uninterrupted and focused on each other. And so all the conversations happened and just such a joy to get to know these people
0: that I've known their whole life on a different level. So really cool. I love that. Well, thank you both for being here and sharing all this information. Hopefully we've made it a little easier and less intimidating for people that have kids approaching that age. Um, And I love what you said about the relationships. That's probably my number one reason for homeschooling my own children is that I want us to be friends when they're adults and and have that close bond. So I love that. Yeah, you both mentioned that. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.